Good evening, friends, and welcome to the Position on Sports Talk show post, live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positions on Sports Talk show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports. My name is Edward, and I'm joined this evening by my brothers, J3. What's up, homie? What's up, Ed? What's going on, Sense? What's up, Professor J? Shout out to Big Red. We miss you, bro. My brother Sense. What's home? What's up, homie? Uh, feeling good, feeling great. Ready to talk some sports, Big Red. We're gonna hold it down for you while you over the pond. Tip, tip, cheerio, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even say last but not least, this man got so much information inside his pinky. I can't even give it all his do it just justice. I'm sorry about that, uh, Professor. What's up, homie? What's going on, Big Ed? What's up, J3 and Sense, man? Let's bring that pain tonight, Big Reg. Remember what I told you? Try that Royale with cheese. Let us know what's going on. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. Let's get it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So tonight, tonight we will be discussing, unfortunately, the tragic death <sighs> of Dwayne Haskins, the miraculous return of Tiger Woods Tiger at the Masters 14 months after a near fatal crash. Um, and we're going to be reflecting on the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's major league debut, which is coming up this Friday, April 15. Um, and we'll also have an update on the Brian Flores lawsuit, uh, discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. And finally, we'll sprinkle in a little bit of NBA and post takes. Uh, uh, Professor Jay has something special for us tonight. Uh, to wrap things up. So before we get into this episode, uh, tonight's day is April 12th, 2022. Um, I want to do an exercise, fellas. Okay. And um, I want each one of you in one minute or less, or I'm sorry, one sentence or less, tell me what is the first thoughts that came to your mind when you heard the news the, the awful news of Dwayne Haskins passing. J3, you start off. To be one honest with you. One sentence honest, or less. Not a problem. To be honest with you, I think uh, he was trying to commit suicide. Okay. Sense. Gone too soon. Professor. Not again. That's what I said. Not again. My first thought was what his wife and what his his parents must feel. Mm. So, um, I, I I wanted us to start that way because uh, unfortunately, we have to address the tweets by two ESPN personalities. Uh, first being Gil Brandt the former uh, Dallas Cowboys Hall of Fame uh, team builder. Uh, he served many roles during the 60s and 70s and, and, and some 80s um, with the Cowboys. And then Adam Schefter, uh, ESPN's own uh, it guy, so to speak, to break uh, NFL stories and news. So let, let me start with, let me, let me read a couple quotes 
and then we're gonna we're gonna dive right into it. Um, this is from Schefter. Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida per his agent. This is from Gil Brandt. I hate any time anybody is killed or anybody dies, but he was a guy that was living to be dead. They told him. Don't under any circumstances leave school early. You don't have the work habits. You don't have this. You don't have that. And what did he do? He left early. Continuing. It's a tragic thing anytime, anytime someone, somebody dies, especially when you're 24 years old and you have your whole life ahead of you. But maybe if he stayed in school a year, he wouldn't do silly things jogging on a highway on a road like that leaves it open. End quote. Um, I got to get myself together because that just upset me. Right. Um, mm. I'm heated. Mm. I'm hot. Mm. Um, let me let me. I'll say this. I will say this. Um, there's it's a funny thing about children and older folks. They usually have no filter. And they usually come from their heart. They usually get, you usually get who they are at that particular time as people. Now, kids, they have yet to develop. They have many, many years to do that. But 90-year-old men have developed. And this is what we have. Now, of course, Brandt issued an apology almost immediately. And... I'm obligated. I'm instructed to forgive. That's that's what my creator says. I I I my I don't have the capacity to not forgive. Um Schefter, he waited two full days before he issued an apology. Um, but almost immediately he deleted the tweet that it originally sent out talking about. Dwayne Haskins failures or his perceived failures on the football field um, and reworked it, but no apology. Um, let's, 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 let's just get to that. Let's, let's start with these quotes. Well, um, it's open. The floor is open, fellas. What, what, what do y'all think about these? So, so I'm, I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying, Ed, and it just makes me wonder, right? Who are these guys to judge? As you stated earlier, you know, I mean, we all know that there, there are issues that happen inside the locker room and outside the locker room. But we don't know what was going through uh, Haskins' head. We don't understand why he was out doing what he did. And, and it just so happened that he, you know, he got hit. We, we don't know the, the the gist of it. So why would they try to belittle him knowing that this was a person who still still made his mark in 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 the sport of football? Whether he was successful or not, he still made it to the league where a lot of players didn't, you know? So let's not j try to uh, belittle him or downgrade him because of of, of the, the uh, instances that happened while he was on the field. Let's, let's, let's bring him up and, and show to 
the youth that are still here today that hard work does pay off and you can get in the league. So this- hey, hey, sense before you get into it, before you get into it, uh, I, just let me let me interject something because I want to I want to I, I didn't set the table properly. So I was I couldn't wait to get on here tonight because and I'm speaking to the audience and because um I'm speaking to you guys as my friends, but I'm speaking to the audience in general because I want them to know who is speaking right now. Amongst us are team builders. There's fathers. There's sons. There's uncles. There's mentors. There's community activists. Authors. A pastor is amongst us. So I just want to preference that that we all share something beyond those titles and that's we're black. And I don't think that enough can be said. We're not going to tiptoe around that, that issue. And I just wanted to put that out there on the table before we moved on. I'm sorry, since go ahead, brother. No, no, you're fine. Um, what this reminded me of when I, when I first saw this was just the irresponsible, whatever you want to call it, takes or opinions that were given by another sports reporter um, about someone who would have been in his late 30s on April 1st, and that's Sean Taylor. And, you know, how he tragically died, but all they wanted to bring about was his downfall, so how he had a troubled past or, you know, this or that. And it just, like, it, it, it incensed me so to where it also saddened me because it's like journalism as we once knew it is slowly dying <clears throat> because <throat> now it's all about people who want to give their opinions and people who want to, you know, denigrate and, 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 and um, <clears throat> just pretty much uh, belittle, you know, athletes, people who, especially black athletes who have like, you know, families, who have mothers, who have, you know, children, they don't care about that anymore. And then for you, like, what did his death, what did Dwayne Haskins' downfalls have to do with him as the person? Preach, brother. What, what, mm-hmm. what, what did that have to do with him as the person? As you can see, he was getting a second chance mm-hmm. at becoming the person he dreamed to be. And mm-hmm. seeing him, what, what made me really just, like, be broken down to the point of tears was seeing him as a kid. Seeing that joy in, in, in his face when he was touring Ohio State. And, 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 you know, his father asking him, you know, how do you like? And he said, I think I want to go to college here. That's, that's, that's that same Dwayne Haskins. Just because he made mistakes like we all do does not discount him as a person. And as a person who was, whose life was tragically cut short, you know, doing, not getting into trouble, not, you know, having this, you know, mental, whatever people want to like narrative, uh, these journalists want to write. He probably was jogging, trying to get better, trying to prepare for the season coming to get his chance at being a starting quarterback. But now, unfortunately, he'll never realize that chance. And it's sad. So this was yet another example of our lives not mattering, mm-hmm. which is the reason why we have to have a movement, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So for every person out there that doesn't understand why the movement is necessary, you're just ignorant. And let's just agree on that and move on. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. My next point is that you show us our lives don't matter each and every day by how you cover us. I mean, mistakes. What, what did he make a mistake on other than his immaturity that many players have when they come into the league? This is not a Darius Geis or Joe Mixon coming out of college. They didn't batter women. They didn't have rape allegations. None of that stuff was assigned to this young man. He's one of our own from the DMV. So, yeah, we're we're going to take it to the next level when you when you cast aspersions upon his name. I mean, here's a young man. Quite frankly, Pittsburgh wasn't his second chance. It was his first chance because Washington, the dysfunctional organization that it is, didn't cater. I mean, not cater, but didn't take this young man under their wing as a rookie like a classy organization should have they didn't want like him. the pittsburgh mm-hmm. steelers right but mm-hmm. even still he was still the draft pick some might say mm-hmm. by the owner mm-hmm. but he was still here and an organization should have things in place that properly ushers in young men to the next level this is the pro level so every one of the 32 teams should respectfully you know Usher in these young men into the mm-hmm. team and help them to mature and make proper Absolutely. decisions. But again, Absolutely. we're talking about Washington and we're mm-hmm. talking about the coverage of uh, every outlet around that constantly disrespects us and wonder why we react the way that we do when they come with this news. I mean, Adam Schefter, I mean, shame on you. How dare you talk about him latching on, catching on, struggles in a tweet? When the man just died. Crazy. And how dare this dude from Dallas, you know, already got something other to say to him. <laughs> but but as a man, how do you get on live radio when you hear the news of a passing of any player? I don't care what what color they are, where they come from, any player yes. that died tragically this way. And those are the things that come out of your mouth because it's disrespectful, it's distasteful, and you don't care. You can keep your apologies. I don't yes. expect Adam yeah. Schefter, even if he did, to give one for it to be genuine. So he can it keep it. Genuine. I don't care yeah. nothing about your breaking news. I don't care anything about your career. And I love the fact that people like RC and 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 Lewis Riddick, you know, they said the things that they needed to about their colleague at ESPN and how distasteful it mm-hmm. was of what he said and what he did. And I believe that L. Duncan and others said things as well about the distastefulness of what he did. But, it, fellas, it all boils down to the fact that they Brace. still view us as just slaves on a field. Hire talent to yep. bring them in the billions of dollars that they make each and every year. Owners, networks, you know, everybody that got a hand in the pie. And then when we don't live up to the hype or the things that they think that we should, then we're tossed away as garbage. And I'm going to end with this because I want everybody else to talk. But what what would you have said about him if this was uh, uh, up in Cleveland, uh, Deshaun Watson? See, Deshaun got the talent. But I can tell you this, y'all, he wouldn't have been covered any differently if he was killed on the Mm -hmm. highway in Cleveland. They would have mm-hmm. said the same crap about mm-hmm. him because he can't make you any money anymore. You know, I, I, I'm so sick and tired of the media and even the the general sports fan placing a label, a bus label, uh, 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 a not meeting expectation label, however you want to phrase that. 
I'm so tired of them placing these on these professional athletes. This man, this man, and we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just leave it to um, Dwayne Jr. This man made the NFL. He was the 15th pick in the NFL draft. That's a success, right? If he never played a down in the NFL, that is a success right there. We didn't have to play. Could have tripped over, tore his knee, never played a game, and was already a success. Mm -hmm. So we we have to. We have to change the narrative of what is a success and what is a failure because nothing about his athletic career was a failure. If he didn't meet expectations, were they not his expectations or were they your expectations? You see what I'm saying? So, and remember this, Nick Saban was talking about this when he was, when he was talking about, uh, he went on a rant earlier last year about his football team and he was talking to to the arrogant Alabama fans of which I'm one. And he was saying that, look, nobody, nobody cares more than the players in this locker room. Nobody wants to win more than the guys here. So as, 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 as all of y'all, you know, you know, feel good and feel joy about something that they do. Remember, put it, remember it's them, not you doing the work. So, Mm -hmm. um, but but that's what I but that's what I have to say as far as is is Dwayne you know whether or not this man was a, a success or a failure, but again that had his football career had nothing to do with his untimely death, no. and it should not have been it should have not been framed as such. And if you had a, a gripe about the the guy leaving college, then you there was other forms and other times or opportunities to to, to express that. So. It's 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 just a shame, and I know Jamani, you just, uh, professor, you just touched on this, but um, so how should the black media and 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 many people in within the black media have come forward and and condemned the, the Brandt and Schefter tweets uh, or comments? Uh, how should the black community community or the black media like like how should they respond? Is it is it just an I mean is it just enough to just say you know, condemn them today and just forget about it? Or is, or can we actually affect change? And I say we, because I'm a part of the black community as as well as you are. Uh, we should hold them more accountable. I mean, not saying, oh, well, I talked to him. Cause I was going through Twitter and I saw uh, Ryan Clark's mm-hmm. like responses to people who were saying, nah, you should have came stronger. Marcus Spears as well, you know, and the well, I talked to him, I did what I had to do, da, 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 da. But I mean, yeah, they're your colleague, but you have a responsibility, whether you want to accept it or not, as a black person, to speak out because you know, whether you want to admit it or not, you're going through the same thing. Yours just might not be, you know, in the you know, same light as ours, but regardless, you have a responsibility to speak out about how we're being portrayed because you know, you can get fired from that job like that and then where you'll be and then you will be where we are and then you probably see what we're finally going through but because you might be at a level higher than us it's not as brand and you don't feel maybe the need to speak out you know like you should but i think you know just holding them more accountable and really you know not accepting just an apology because apology is like a tissue at this point you're just using it and tossing it away the best apology is changed behavior as my mother-in-law used to say so yeah, I mean, so just hold them more accountable. 
the quickest way to affect change for this dude to stop watching. Don't yes. look at his show. Yes. Let his rating start to drop and let him feel the impact. And then he'll understand what he's saying and what he's doing to, to our community. Mm-hmm. Stop watching him. And you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's 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 ESPN slash Disney who've 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 coddled these these type of individuals and condemned the the Jamel Jamel Hills and 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 Carrie Champions and what have you. So Michael Smith, Michael mm-hmm. Smith. So um, it's it's not a coincidence. Um, yeah, so, that was going to be my point. Ed. Black journalists, black journalists, and sportscasters and anchors have done far less than been suspended and fired. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he at least should be suspended at yes. the least, all the way up to firing, because these are some of the insensitive things that can't go unchecked. And yeah, I'm glad that some of the the black ones have said something to him, but I needed to go a little bit further to the brass. Where something I, I don't need. I, why am I watching Adam Schefter today deliver a report? He should have been suspended the same day on the spot, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. every one of the top brass, if they read that, they know that it was inappropriate. They should have pulled him on the carpet right then and there when mm-hmm. this went down. Don't delete the tweet. He should have been man. Yeah, go, go on, go on, because I'm I'm getting fired up. All right. Well, whew. Okay, let's um let's let's put a bow on that. Um I just wish that there would be some humanity within these within the within the reporting and, and you touched on it since you know is this where is this is where we're at now? Is this journalism as we know it in, in 2022? Um I hope not, but it seems to be that it, it is. And and to you to your, your point, Professor, um uh, black black journalists and black athletes have said and way less and either got canceled or uh or fired so there we go um so let's talk about the masters and before i get into it i'll just say you know congratulations to the 2022 uh, masters champion scotty scheffler uh congratulations on your uh your, your win but this 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 ain't the show for that um congratulations let's move on uh uh, let's talk, let's let's talk yep. about let's talk about why let's talk about why I even as a pers- personal uh, even care about golf. Tiger, um, yep. <laughs> the brilliance of Tiger uh, Eldrick Taunt Tiger Woods. Uh, Fourteen yep. months removed from a car accident that, that hey, let's face it, guys, we didn't even know if he would even walk again. Well, live, let alone walk. Um, uh, and, and and if you watched any of the tournament, you see he was clearly laboring. You know, Augusta National is a is is a, is a hilly is a hilly course, uh, uh, and you can see that he wasn't 100% physically healed. Uh, but what are your last impressions of Tiger completing 72 holes, no golf cart, uh, a major championship golf at at no question about it, golf's most storied uh, course at least in this country. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you guys what are you guys thoughts on on, on Tiger? Inspiring. It was amazing, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you just led up to it. Fourteen months removed from almost losing his life, you know, completely destroyed leg, you know, being able to just walk again and to be able to show the moxie to not just compete. I mean, the first two days, I mean, it was vintage Tiger. I know mm-hmm. he ran into a a couple of spots, but just being able to watch him to make the cut and to go into the weekend, 
I mean, I, I didn't think he would ever return to the golf course. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing <laughs> to see him back and then for him to be considering, you know, his next tournaments that he's going to be a part of. I mean, everybody knows he's box office, so the PGA Tour is going to be that much better because it. you just said it. It brings us to the table. We're watching. We're attending. We're, we're going out and buying the Nike Tiger merchandise, all of that kind of stuff. But I, I just it, it wasn't anything short of amazing. It, it was great to see him out there. And that's why I say it's inspiring because, mm -hmm. I mean, to see where this man came from to where he is now, and if he can, it's just, you know, proves to us and to people who may be going through something if tiger can be at the depths to where he was near death and pull himself up out and and get back to playing the game he loves then you can do it too you can ride pull yourself up out of you know whatever my or whatever you know down place that you're in and 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 rise and that it was inspiring all i could say is one word respect yeah pure respect to see all the the crowds i mean regardless of where he was at on that course they were just cheering him on and i mean it, to me like you said since it was inspiring just to see because of what he's gone through and for him to be out there it, it, it was respect i i don't look i look i had my phone watching this tournament or ESPN Plus. I know I just did a plug for ESPN, but I had to. I mean, that's how I, that's that's how I watched it. So I, I just said it. But <laughs> when I was watching this man labor around, literally, he can't use a cart in the prof professional ranks. He's using his clubs as a pseudo cane, mm -hmm. walking limping. It. I mean, it was it was it was heartbreaking at the at one side time. But then it was inspiring at the other. And I just had flashbacks of what, why are you here, Edward? What are you doing? And it was just a, it was just a, I thought about greatness and what makes, what separates great athletes with meaning the people that Jordan, Ali, et cetera. You know, what makes, what separates it? Because an, an athlete that makes the NBA, that makes the NFL, that makes the NHL, that makes Major League Baseball, they're the they're the cream of the crop. But it's but but they're all talented. But what separates the the great the great ones from the good ones? Mm -hmm. You know, it's and it's not longevity. It's not longevity. It's just something inside them. It's something inside them. And Tiger was not physically a hundred percent, but mentally. He had the edge. He still has that edge. And, and that's what makes him great. Look, think about it. This is Tiger Woods single-handedly turned a historically racist sport. The patrons that support it and the patrons that view it, the patrons that 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 buy their equipment and actually play the game, he turned a whole group of people colorblind so to speak j3 you yes, touched on it you yes, touched sir. on it you said the crowds no matter what they knew tiger by the by the sec by the third round we we all knew the end of the third round we all knew that tiger was probably not going to win that tournament but he made the cut and going into the weekend before he teed up for on you know at the first hole on saturday morning he had a chance mm -hmm. but then he didn't 
you know, like you said, uh, Professor, he ran into some things, and that's golf. But and that speaks to his greatness, right? But to but be able to even to finish, yeah, the way he but, did. But the crowds, he the crowds have not lessened. If you didn't, if you closed your eyes, you didn't know he wasn't winning the tournament. Nope. You know, you didn't not know when he walked up on the 18th green at the for the 72 72nd hole that 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 he didn't he wasn't winning that tournament. But I just think that you know, Tigers he rose up, he dominated, he fell, then he rose back again to greatness with 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 the, with the I believe that was 2019 Masters Championship. Or was it 20? I I'm, I'm I got my dates wrong, I'm sorry. But anyway, and now he's just on cruise control. You know, he he, he had another setback with the injury, with the car wreck. I'm I'm just I'm just I'm lost for words for Tiger. I, I just I just you know, on that golf course, so much respect for him. So, uh, anybody else got anything else on Tiger? Yeah, I just I mean to your point, um, and as far as like what's in here, like you get that that genesequa so to speak, like, like Muhammad Ali said it one time, you got to have, you have skill, but sometimes you got to have the will and the will is more important than the skill. So Tiger had that will like mm-hmm. to say, Hey, I'm going to make a comeback and, and come back. He did. So once again, I'm in awe and salute. Welcome Jay Wells. Good to see you, brother. Jay Wells. What's going on? What's up, yes, sir. <laughs> Good to see everyone. Are we seeing a ghost? Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Jay Wills, we get ready to move on to, uh, to 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 the great Jackie Robinson. We're getting ready to celebrate 75 years since he made his made his major league debut back in 1947, April 15th. Um, would do you have anything? Do you have any uh, thoughts on Haskins, uh, uh, the, the the young man that lost his life tragically uh, Saturday? Oh, man. Um, Truly a sad situation, as I'm sure all of you all had expressed. Um, I don't know all the particular details, exactly what happened. Um, From what I understand, did he get out of the car? I I don't know. I don't know the particulars. But um, prayers and um, well wishes to his family. I I know that is a shock to lose someone so young. And I believe he was down there for training. I don't think there was any foul play. He was trying to improve his game, trying to take his role in the NFL serious. Um, He had been through a little bit of scrutiny and whatnot. So to be down there, giving your free time, which you don't have to do, trying to better yourself um, and lose your life in such a tragic fashion uh, was very tough, tough, tough to see. And my prayers go out to the Haskins family. Very well. Very, very good. So... Uh, Jackie Robinson, uh, April 15th, 1947, he broke the color barrier. Uh, when I'm, when I was reflecting on, 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 you know, how we can celebrate or honor Mr. Robinson, it's really impossible. Um, I just, I just think about, you know, 1947, um, uh, that's the birth year of my dad. And that was 17 years before the Civil Rights Act. 17, 17 years. And he was integrating uh, an, a, a lily white mm-hmm. uh, uh, pastime uh, sport. Um, it, back then, 
and baseball was akin to what football is today. Plus, plus, plus. So, um, um, I, I just wanted to to throw something out there to you guys uh, and to think about this. Uh, and 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 I was trying to figure out how you know what do these numbers mean uh, when when Mr. Robinson integrated um left left baseball not integrated but left baseball his final season was 1956 the percentage of black african americans in major league baseball stood at 6.7 percent today in 2022 that number is 6.8 percent so you heard me right Mm. in 1957 the percentage of blacks in baseball Major League Baseball was 6.7. Today, it's 6.8. So I was like, something's wrong with that number. So so I did just a little more research, and it came out that Latino players, people of color, equal roughly 30% of Major League Baseball now. And then when you add the Asian community, it's – little less than 40%. But this is the impact for me of Jackie Robinson as far as um, the numbers, so to speak, because there's a lot of criticism or not necessarily criticism, I don't want to say, but there's a lot, the, the optics of baseball right now seem to be that, you know, black folks just don't, don't care. Just don't, they don't play the game for whatever reason, they don't play the game. Um, but yet this man's, Number is retired. No one is allowed to wear number 42 in Major League Baseball, um, which is great. You know uh, who was all, the last player? Uh, the, the Yankees Rivera. reliever. That's uh, right, Mariano yeah, Rivera. Yeah, That's the, right. the Sandman, the Sandman. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, uh, and I believe he – I think he was very uneasy about wearing that number, but I, be, I would believe that – the uh, I, I could be wrong – but I believe that he got because uh, Mrs. Robinson, uh, Jackie Robinson's wife, is still living. She's going to be a hundred years old this year. She's ninety nine. Wow. Yes, wow. she still sits on the chair, uh, the board of the Jackie That's Robinson awesome. Foundation. That's awesome. So yeah, so it's, it's amazing. But anyway, um, so before I was before I wanted to be critical of the numbers. And, and figure out why how, why can't we get more black kids involved in the sport? But then I was like, well, Jackie Robinson was beyond just being um, a, 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 a pioneer for, for black yeah. for black people. Um, he is people of color. And a lot of times I think in this country, um, uh, I think that we we lose sight or uh, minorities, various groups of minorities lose sight that you know, black folks didn't face hoses, didn't fear, you know, face chains, didn't face um, dog bites, didn't face um, uh, lynchings for just us. You know, our humanity, which we spoke about earlier in the show, our humanity stretched far beyond um, just African-Americans. So any thoughts on Jackie Robinson's uh, guys? Yeah. So to, to one of your, your major points that you just made, why don't our kids play it more we can go back to what our cousin cameron came on here and said Mm -hmm. about baseball you know with him playing at norfolk state and then now down at uh, grambling 
he grew up in an area where uh, in the DMV where basketball and football were promoted more than anything. And he had to join traveling teams in order to get the quality exposure that he needed to play at a high level. And most of those teams were nearly white. And he had to travel to different states and things to get quality competition as an African-American player. And if you think about it, even in our high school sports, and J3 knows this because he covers high school sports, baseball is just not something that makes the front page news in the inner city, in the DMV. And then couple that with every major city where black people are a large populace, football and basketball are still the two number one sports that are always pushed. Now, you'll get your Kyler Murrays, you'll get your um, uh, Russell Wilsons and things like that, but think about how they grew up. They were privileged enough to be able to play the game at that high level and to be drafted. They ultimately chose football, but the point is, is that you don't see a whole lot of money and resources being put in. It's a it's a family choice to say, okay, if my child wants to play baseball and we have the means to put them in better leagues, just like we do all the um, um, the basketball leagues and all the uh, all leagues, if we did it the same way and promoted it, then our kids would go into that. And then I'm going to end with this. Let's take it even a step further. Remember, we had the uh, the soccer team on here. Oh, We're yeah. not promoting mm-hmm. that enough in mm-hmm. our communities because you have a large faction of foreign players who play the sport. But our kids, if we push them in that direction and they felt that they had the talent, they would actually grow in those areas. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with what our professor said um, as far as promotion. Um, I remember a time back in the day as um, when I was growing up that it was like a huge concentration when you seen uh, – Dion do like the baseball and football and then Brian Jordan do the baseball and football. I thought it was a, like a more heavier concentration of uh, um, African-Americans then. But yeah, going back to the original point, I think promotion definitely helps in that. And one thing I'll say about Jackie is I admired his courage to, because it wasn't easy for him making that debut. You know, he was getting the boos, he was getting the jeers. He was getting the racial slurs uh, shouted at him, shouted at him. And, you know, he saw the bigger picture and, you know, he persevered and he, you know, definitely changed the sport for uh, for the better. All right. Uh, I hate this theme has to continue, but <laughs> the Brian oh, floor. The, oh, the- hey, just real quick. I thought somebody else was going to say something, but let me just say something real quick about the Jackie Robinson topic. Because I was watching over the weekend, and I'm not going to name any um, networks till they stop paying us, but I saw some history behind Jackie Robinson. Um, Ted Koppel, you know, on his show back in the day, had um, interviewed uh, Al Campanis, whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. He's a former um, player that played with Jackie Robinson on the Dodgers, and he was the general manager in 1987. And Ted Koppel pressed him on why there aren't more black managers and people in in upper echelon uh, positions in Major League Baseball. He says some of the most Don Imus, Jimmy the Greek stuff, and it ended up costing him his job 
because of the backlash mm. that happened in 1987. So I thought this was relevant because not only do we still not have many, I think it's only two now, many African-American or minority managers in baseball. Let's not even talk about executives. I mean, you count Derek Jeter if you want, but we still don't have that that respect factor from was it 1987 until now where the same things can be said about some of the people that hold these racist and bigoted opinions about us as people, you know, not having enough intelligence, not having the skill level, not having the savvy, the smarts, or even the 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 no the the wherewithal to be managers or to be top level executives. So I thought that that was really fitting that they brought that out. Because now that it's 75 years later, Jackie Robinson's name is still associated with so many things around the sport. And like you just, uh, you know, eloquently pointed out, we only have 6.8, you know, percent of our players playing. So I just wanted to throw that. I think that impact, uh, as you all were stating earlier, um, is kind of regional as well. I notice when I go to visit family up north, uh, a lot of the black members within my family, they play baseball. I go to certain uh, states down south, and they're very much into baseball. My grandfather actually played uh, semi-pro when he was growing up. He was a shortstop. He was actually pretty nice in uh, uh, baseball. Okay. So he, he talked about it all the time. He, he, if you ran up on him today, he'll act like he'll still throw you out. <laughs> <laughs> I tell me, my, my experience was with it was kind of regional as well. When I got up here, we, you know, mm -hmm. living in the DMV area, it's semi-popular. You got to kind of go to certain <laughs> different areas within within Maryland, Moe County, Anne Arundel County, and whatnot. Definitely, it's not um, prevalent that much in PG. Per, per se as like parks and whatnot you're not going to find them there but southern uh, maryland southern, southern maryland. maryland you find it right if you start to head towards southern maryland waldorf la plata them brothers is out there trying to smack home runs so i think it's kind of regional as well mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. so an update on this brian flores discrimination lawsuit discrimination lawsuit against the nfl um, two former NFL coaches, Steve Wilkes, if, if anybody uh, don't recognize that name, he was the uh, dis dispatched head coach of Arizona Cardinals one year uh, before Clingsbury got the job and Kyler Murray at the same time. How about that? Mm -hmm. um, so he, he joined in and then Ray Horton used to be a uh, defensive coordinator. He did his rounds um, in the NFL, has since retired from coaching. He joined uh, the, the uh lawsuit but the most interesting thing that came out and it was unearthed like it was just there for everybody to see it and they see but no one i guess it just went unnoticed but former titans head coach mike malarkey admitted in a 2020 podcast that they asked him what was his biggest regret as far as his nfl career the biggest regret he said was when he got hired I believe it was in 2015, but when he got hired for that job, before the interview process even took place, the owners of the Titans have had informed him that he had the job sit tight while we go through this, you know, interview these minorities to satisfy mm -hmm. the Rooney rule. Mm -hmm. But that was, but he said it on a podcast on a live mic, just like we're talking right now. He mm -hmm. said this and now it just finally came out. So mm -hmm. it's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what kept this, why this 
podcast was buried. Like, why didn't anybody? Why hasn't we? This is oh, the first you I heard. Know of why it. It was I never buried. heard of it. You know mm-hmm. why? Number one, podcasting wasn't as popular as it is today. And when it got found out that that was set on a hot mic, you know they buried that because they didn't want that to come out. Mm. Mm. All right. <laughs> and, then, and then my thing is, my thing is, and, and I'm glad, I'm glad they stepped forward. But uh, Mr. Wilkes and Mr. Horton, what took you so long? Exactly. You got this man out here dangling, dangling. taking the front, the front lead on something as serious as this. And how many months is it later that now you want to add your name to the list? Come on. Hmm. How convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Wilkes, I don't know if he's retired or not. Um, you know, maybe he still has some, you know, hope to becoming another coach at some point in time. Um, as far as and didn't want to alienate anybody. As far as Horton is concerned, you're right, Professor. I mean, he's been he's retired from coaching. There was no there's no repercussions. So you know why? Why wait several months? I I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't know. So, all right. Um, let's get into this NBA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the elephant is in the room. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. We we have to address it. So so we're going to talk. We're going to real. We're going to real briefly say. Uh, the Lakers head have fired their head coach. Um, Rob Palenka came out and said, and I quote, it's time for a new voice. Um, and, and, and I was just wondering, and, and I was just wondering if, if, if the coach Frank Vogel was the scapegoat and, and, and I, and, and one more thing, since I was, I just want to say this, the reason we talk about this as far as the Lakers are concerned, because they're a foundation franchise. So, so they moved the needle, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we don't we don't care about the Utah Jazz, no matter how good they'll be. They're, who cares? They don't have. It, I mean, you see what I'm saying? So it, it makes no difference. So Rob Palenka finally put everybody out of their misery and finally fired Frank Vogel. Uh, anybody got any thoughts on that? Is, is he is he the scapegoat? Was I mean, he is, the scapegoat? Is is it his fault that that the Lakers <laughs> fell short this year of the playoffs? Yes and no. So. Um, Shouldn't he have been fired? Probably not because of the roster that was constructed. I mean, what honestly, what are you going to do with that? But it was your job to make it work. It was your job to have more consistent rotations. It was your job to be more of an authoritative voice to the players. Your players shouldn't be like giving you the wave like, man, whatever, and then on their phones and saying, I'm going to do this. And Russ shouldn't be telling you I'm going to run point when you already had a plan in place and Russ basically punking you saying, no, I'm running point. And it, it shouldn't have been that. So it, it was definitely needed. I think you need someone who's definitely going to challenge these players with egos, a la Talu or Phil Jackson, hopefully Mark Jackson. But to answer your question, I, 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 while he shouldn't have been, I think it was because he was the easiest cut to make. I was hoping yes. Rob Lincoln was going to be next. Well, but, he can't fire know, himself. He should have. He should have. But you know what? I do think because while everyone sees this nice and smiling genie bus, she's not no, like, you know, pushover. So she probably had a conversation with Rob in private saying, you got one more year and, you know, or your bus going to be out on the street. What's the value of bringing him back another year? 
<laughs> I mean, to, because again, it wasn't just, maybe he had a deal with Buddy Hill on the table. It was LeBron that said, hey, let's bring in Russ. But he's the president and general manager. I mean, I don't, I mean, but LeBron you want, is LeBron. He, he plays. Once you make your superstar happy, do you not? <laughs> Mm. And um, where well, they get you? But your job is to win championships. No, exactly. Right. And we saw where that got him, did we not? Mm-hmm. We saw where that yep. got him. So he's mm-hmm. Kevin, Durant is a, Kevin Durant is a superstar. Kyrie Irving is a superstar. Steph Curry is a superstar. Uh-oh. LeBron is a planet. You do not bring in LeBron simply as a player. He's not a regular player. Your organization doesn't pick up a player when they pick up a a LeBron. Your organization actually has to match up and link up with LeBron's brand. Mm -hmm. He moves forward. (laughs) He has done it his whole entire career. Mm -hmm. When he comes to your team, he's making management decisions. He's making player personnel decisions. They are going to run absolutely everything by LeBron first because you just don't simply pick up this player. Also, and LeBron, LeBron needs to own that. Also, LeBron has been touted. Yes. He, he has been touted as a savant. You could actually go on YouTube and find compilation on top of compilations of not him playing basketball, but just other players and coaches complimenting how well the man knows the game of basketball. So this individual who overstands basketball, not understands, overstands basketball, brings in and suggests, yes, let's not pick up a DeMar DeRozan, a, 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 a diehard a member of the L.A. area. On a silver platter to you. Who would work his butt off to get you that championship that will complement every type of flow you're trying to play. Now nah, you don't want that guy. You don't want to keep Alonzo Ball, who's growing and show that he can play good wing defense, uh, uh, move the ball up and down the court, has just as good as court vision, if not better than yours, if he comes up under your tutelage. Who knows what Lonzo would be? You got Kuzma, right? And you bring in Russell Westbrook. Now, let me go back to him being a savant. This means he over-understands how to play the game. I know how the defense works. I know how a good offense works, right? So you bring in a ball-heavy non-shooter, <laughs> a ball-heavy non-shooter, <laughs> and you're trying to continue to run the team as the lead point guard and main ball handler? LeBron, you cannot tell me face-to-face face, if he was to look me in my eyes that you know <laughs> darn well you can't run Russell Westbrook off screens? That never made sense. The minute those two were slated to be on the same team, everybody was saying, how's it going to work? How's mm-hmm. it going to work? But so Jay Wills, ma, but Jay Wills AD and LeBron wanted Russ. They, signed they wanted Russ. It. Stupid, stupid. And he got to own it. Got yeah, that planet got hit with an Armageddon-sized media, didn't it? Because they said it, it did. Yes. So, yes, Jay Wills, I agree with you as far as you need to consult LeBron. But LeBron is thirty-seven to be thirty-eight next year during the season. I can't, I can't, I can't put my franchise and every personnel decision in your hands and your hands nope. alone. I got to do my job. I got to do my job for the betterment of the team. Yeah, I know you got about three or four years left. 
you know, in a supporting role, not a starring role, but a supporting role. But right now I got to do what's best for the L.A. I want you on my team. I need you on my team. But at the same time, I got to do my job. And Russ Rule Westbrook is not going to be part of this team. And Stretcher A.D., that's a shout out to Bubba Dub. Stretcher AD <laughs> is not going to be on my team either. I'm not going to sell. I'm not going to sell my entire team for a person that's never played, never completed, completed six, uh, 82 games in a season, and that is um, AD. So yeah. that's real that's quick, real quick, real quick. Let me just say one last thing. Just playing devil's advocate. It would have been a catch-22 situation for Rob Lincoln because then the rumors would have been spreading. Oh, LeBron saying he wants out. Oh, he's dropping these little hint tweets. That I know I love. They still it, saying it. Yeah, it's, it, it was damned if he do, damned if he didn't. Right. Yeah, they still All saying right. that. That I came out today. They really, I, I now question if LeBron really, really, really wanted to win. I do. Now, I don't blame him for AD. But once AD... He showed that his ankles was made of pure glass and plastic for the 145th time in his career, and you don't change the style of offense you're playing with Russell Westbrook. The man was averaging a triple-double. Now, I'm not saying allow him to just do what he does. That's not necessarily championship basketball. But there was a moment when he was with the Miami Heat, because that was his college, he he got he went to Miami. That was his college years. Mm-hmm. But there was a moment where Dwayne Wade, who I now call his OG, LeBron's OG. I don't care how he feels about it. LeBron, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade basically came to – he basically realized, in order for us to be the most successful team that we could be, I have to turn it over to you. I have to hand the keys to you. Now, I'm not saying LeBron hand the keys to Russell Westbrook, but you need <laughs> No. become the guy that you was trying to make Russell become. You're a better shooter. Yeah. I, can't, I can't excuse the man for that. Mm-hmm. You, I will not. I can't at the same time call you a savant. Know that you're a, 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 a very extremely knowledgeable individual about the game of basketball, and then you lose it. You basically blow your chances at reaching the playoffs. Over schematics, Simple. bringing all your friends in. Melo shouldn't have been on that squad either. Mm, Melo should have mm, been. Mm. I understand the Lakers riding with LeBron because, for what it's worth, he has made what he went to 10, 9 straight. Mm-hmm. Ten. It's not walking around every day. So we will at least listen to the man who has won a championship at with every franchise he's played with. He's unique, so we'll give it a try. But the front office needs to know right now. That as great as he is, and they should have learned it from MJ as well, and Phil Jackson when he became the general manager over there with the Knicks. Just mm-hmm. because they're smart and they're great doesn't mean they're always going to make the best decision. It's time for LeBron to to take a step back because I don't want to. It makes it seem like Russ was just pure trash. No, he was playing out of position the whole way, yeah. the whole way. But that's my point. I don't want to scream and go off, but. It's time, and I got nothing but love for Bron. That's my guy. I got love for him, but he got to own it. You blew this season, player. We'll be all right next year. All right. Well, anyway, uh, tune in tonight. We got the play-in game start, Nets, Cavs, Clips, T-Wolves. Tomorrow we got the Hornets, Hawks, and Spurs, and Pelicans. So tune in for that. Okay, uh, Professor, uh, you got anything for us tonight, homie? Yeah, I sure do. Um, just real quick for everybody, they're approaching halftime, and Brooklyn is up by like 13 points, just to let y'all know. Fuck. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll have plenty of NBA talk for y'all next week because we we got a lot more to say. Mm-hmm. But let us get ready for the post takes for tonight. So I'm not sure if everybody is aware because they got to do a better job at letting folks know the masses that the WNBA draft was last night. Mm-hmm. And fellas, let me tell you, it was quite entertaining. So here are your post takes for tonight. The WNBA draft was held in person Monday night for the first time since 2019 as 36 women joined the league Mm. just over three weeks before the 26th season of the league begins on May 6th. In the first round, let's talk about it. The Atlanta Dream made Kentucky's Ryan Howard the first Wildcat ever taken number one while the Indiana Fever made a record four picks in the top ten. So here's the top 12 I'm going to give you from the first round. The Dream took Howard. Indiana Fever took Nalisa Smith. She's a forward from Baylor. I mean, them Baylor women, I like that. Mm-hmm. And our very own Washington Mystics, they took Shakira Austin. She's a center from Old Miss, strong in the post, and part of the reason why the Mystics had an A-level draft. Also pulling in UConn's Kristen Williams, a solid shooting guard with great pedigree. The Indiana Fever took Emily Ingster. From, she's a forward from Louisville. Then we got the New York Liberty made Re- Rebecca Lobo happy. They got Nayara Sabali. She's a center from Oregon. Indiana Fever took, oh, Big Red, you like this, Lexi Hall, the guard from Stanford. We know her pedigree. We know she can flat out ball. The Dallas Wings took Veronica Burton, a guard from Northwestern. Las Vegas Aces took Maya Hollingshed, forward from Colorado. Los Angeles Sparks took Ray Burrell, forward from Tennessee. And if you haven't seen this young lady play, y'all, she is dominant and very good on the court. Rebounding, shooting, defense. And then we get to the queen from the favorite pick pick 10, Queen Egbo, center from Baylor. She is dominant and ferocious. Look out for her to just, just take people's lunches this year. <laughs> Number 11, the Aces got Kirsten Bell, and this is special. She's from Florida Gulf Coast University, y'all, and she mm. is known as Chevron. She's the Lady LeBron. She, she won the Becky Hammond Award two years in a row as a mid-major player, and now guess what, y'all? She gets the play for Becky Hammond. I mean, how beautiful is that? And at number 12, to round out the first round, the Connecticut Sun took Nia Cloudin. She's a guard from Michigan State. So one of the biggest wins of the night was hearing more on Phoenix Mercury star and Team USA gold medalist Brittany Griner, who remains jailed in Russia since mid-February. WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert began her press conference with the media by addressing Griner's situation and saying the league is working to bring her home but everyone needs to be patient. Okay, I had to hit the pause button on that one real quick. The WNBA and not our government is trying to bring her home. That The optics look so bad on that. Politics. That we have to have one of our leagues bring home one of our very own and not our American government. Politics. Shame on y'all. Because I'm going to get on a bit of a soapbox because if that was Sue Bird or Diana Taurasi, mm-hmm. y'all would have been had her home. Mm-hmm. So y'all need to get on the stick and bring this girl home. Yes, sir. All right, moving on. Let me get off my soapbox. Jackson State University 
has a history maker, y'all. At mm, pick mm. 25, that was the top of the third round, Amisha Williams Holiday. This young lady averaged 19.2 points and 11.4 rebounds per game while shooting 54% from the field. She became the first player ever to be drafted from JSU into the NBA. So let's pause and get into this. Yeah. Yes. That's what's up. The Dion effect. Yes. Mm, she is the mm. sixth HBCU player to be drafted to the league and the first in 19 years. That's a big deal, but let's keep it going. The WNBA, y'all, I mean, the coverage was great last night. I got to tip my hat to the four-letter network. The ladies were truly fashionable, and it was a classy night. The analysis was good, but I wanted more Rebecca Lobo and Holly Rowe. I don't even remember that random dude that was that was talking, but he was so corny. Please put another lady in that position to cover that next time. Just a suggestion. Please. Let's continue to support the WNBA. Revenue and salary cap restrictions mean that many of the women drafted last night will not make rosters that cap out at 11 or 12 players. See, we, we dig deep on this show, y'all. We letting y'all know some of the things that are going on much deeper in the sport. Speaking of the grinder situation, if the league is properly funded, we can keep our best talent from having to play overseas and putting themselves in harm's way when world conflict and politics come to center stage. Free BG. With that, we close with this. Ladies, you still have to deal with Chicago. Candace Parker and the Sky are poised to defend. They ended the season well and got hot at the right time to hoist the trophy. Although they did not have any high draft picks last night, they are still one to reckon with. Back to you, Big Ed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. So that's how we're gonna do this. We're gonna let's 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 wrap this show up. Um, J three, uh, what you what you got there, man? So uh, Professor Jay mentioned uh, JSU, and and I definitely have to uh, give a shout out. To one of our own, Jay Minnie. <laughs> Jay Minnie. Today, yes. she walked across the stage what? because oh, she received right. uh, uh, an award for being on the Dean's list. So I oh, definitely want to give her a shout out. Congratulations. Yes, sir. So, you know, I got to shout my baby out. So, congratulations. Yes, sir. What you got there, Jay Wills? Uh, LeBron got to run the two guard. That's what I got. Gotta <laughs> 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 pass that ball, big dog. True. <laughs> but uh, other than that, man, it was a pleasure. <laughs> it was a pleasure hanging out with you all, and congratulations, Jay Mini. That's big time. Yay, yay. Amen. Sense. Oh man, two things. First of all, word on the street is the Nats are, are going to be for sale soon. So what? Um, Mm-hmm. and mm -hmm. uh Leonisis, how do you ever you uh, pronounce his name? Leonsis. Leonsis is uh looking to sell the team. Um uh Jeff Bezos, I'm looking oh, at that's you. the learners. The learners own the Nets. Yeah, oh, the lear yeah, the so, learners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At any rate, Jeff Bezos, I'm looking at you. What you gonna do, homie? They're not um, gonna let him in the league. Oh man, that'd be so uh Tight though, picking up packages from the stadium. And um next uh <laughs> <laughs> and lastly. Please, 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 I, I implore the Lakers just to do their due diligence and hiring a new head coach. Like, really, don't don't listen to any of the Rambuses. If Mark Jackson is even showing an inkling of interest, please, please, please do your best to bring him in and not mess it up. 
Professor. Yes, yeah, since I'm sad to tell you this, but the rumor mill is going that Daniel Snyder may jump in to buy. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, no, I'm, I'm dead Goodness. serious. Oh, man, I better serious. go see some games now. Right. Yeah, I'm dead serious. <laughs> but yeah, just to flip the page on that, um, hearts and prayers go out to everybody in Brooklyn that were touched by yet again, senseless violence going on in our country. You know, people just going wild, man. And we got to stay protected. We got to stay vigilant. And you got to keep your eyes open, y'all. A lot of families lost some loved ones today. And a lot of people are affected yet again. So we just got to continue to band together, keep the enemy at bay. And lastly, prayers and and best wishes go out to the Haskins family. Mm -hmm. And I just want to end this by saying, um, I just want everybody to, you know, stay stay diligent as far as your health is concerned and your family's health is concerned um your friend's health is concerned and also uh i just want to thank you guys and everybody out there for tuning in because uh it's something you know we don't we don't this is a sports show but sometimes you know life interjects in and um and it pushes us towards towards that so uh, I just want everybody to recognize that we have an obligation to 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 get the information out there and and our opinions. And um, when we feel that, you know, our community is being unfairly targeted um, or or abused, uh, we will let everybody know about that. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in this evening. We truly appreciate your time, comments and energy as we share our positions on sports with you. We welcome all feedback. And look forward to uh, hanging out with you all next Tuesday at 7 sharp. And just a reminder that you can always download this and any of our previous shows via Facebook, YouTube, or listen to our shows on your preferred podcasting platform. I just showed one of my friends today. Um, uh, podcast popped up. Bam, she was on. Uh, we also would love to uh, for a like, follow, or subscribe to uh, any and all your favorite social media sources. Uh, we love shout-outs to friends and family. Um, our Instagram and our Facebook are at positions on sports. And if you are up, uh, you know, up to them Twitter streets, it's dirty. I don't recommend them. But if you if you must get on them Twitter streets, I know since you <laughs> like them Twitter streets, uh, we are at <laughs> at positions on SPO one. Uh, so please have a great evening and a safe week. And I know that's difficult these days, uh, but this has been the positions on sports talk show post. Have a good See evening. Ya. Happy Holy Week. God bless.